1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast presented by WinBet. It is Friday, October 29th, 2021. Alex Barutha here with Shannon McEwen, and subbing in for Ken K. Trank-Kreitz is Mike Barner.
2: Thanks for um, having me on again. I'm so excited. I'm coming off the high of Joakim Noah night, uh, so I'm happy okay. to be on
1: fourth man of the year mike barner subbing in uh, <laughs> as he does very well uh for ken uh let's jump right into the news uh nothing too crazy has been going on however montrez harrell as the most obvious dfs play of the century last night popped off for 25 points 13 rebounds five assists two steals and a block and last night's win over the hawks uh daniel gafford was out with a quad injury he's out for an undetermined amount of time Normally, we would say, hey, go pick up Montrezl Harrell on the waiver wire. Uh, but tons of people love Montrezl Harrell, and he was drafted a ton. So he it's not really actionable for you to go and get Montrezl Harrell outside of maybe 10-team leagues, probably eight-team leagues. He's rostered in 79% of Yahoo and 91% of ESPN leagues. Uh, Harrell currently the 44th-ranked player in fantasy per game. Uh, the last thing I will mention from that game, Spencer Dinwiddie sat out uh, it was a back to back. He's going to probably do that for the rest of the season because of the ACL recovery stuff. So if you have him on your team, like I do keep that in mind, um, not as much on four game weeks. Cause he'll probably still play three of them, but on three game weeks, if they're on a back to back, you might run into some issues. So consider starting someone else on a three game week. If you're able to, uh, next through five games, James Harden is the 23rd ranked player in fantasy. He's taking just three free throws per game and is shooting 36% from the field. Shannon, how concerned are you?
3: I'm not concerned yet. Uh, You know, obviously with some of the rule changes that impacts Harden amongst many other players. Uh, I think the refs and the players are both still kind of getting used to the the new way that games are going to be called. But right now, I just view it as hard and deferring to Durant and, and, and trying to just kind of fit in. But I am not worried about it. I, you know, I he's going to bounce back. I think he'll start going to the line more often. He'll start being more effective. He's getting the minutes. He, you know, he's not taking a ton of shots or at least not as many as we're accustomed to seeing from him. But but that's not that's not too weird, right? I, I mean, he's, he's not... He's not carrying a team by himself. And even if you look at what he did in Brooklyn last year, you know, it was it was about 16 and a half field goal attempts per game after he moved over to, to Brooklyn uh, from the Rockets. So I it, it's more or less just the shooting slump and, and, and his usage is less than what we probably envisioned without Kyrie playing. But he's shooting 36 percent right now from the floor. If that bumps up to the norm of 44%, 45% that we've seen for his career, he's going to be fine.
1: Yeah, I do think a lot of that field goal percentage struggle is him trying to draw fouls, and he's just throwing up complete garbage. Um, So, uh, Mike, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I'm not concerned either. He'll figure out those foul rules. Like Shannon said, his efficiency will improve. I also wonder, you know, that hamstring injury hampered him quite a bit at the end of last season. Maybe he didn't get in his normal offseason of prep um, so he might still be trying to round into shape a little bit in that regards as well.
1: He is definitely looking round. Uh, Chicago <laughs> and Golden State suffered their first losses of the season last night, Utah, the only remaining undefeated team. I'm sorry, Mike, Mike's a Chicago Bulls fan, but Mike, you have to feel good about the Bulls in general.
2: Yeah. Uh, I, I, it's it's refreshing uh, to finally have a team that's fun to watch. Now I'm realistic, I know they're not going to win a championship. The goal this year is make the playoffs. Uh, They have a team that can do that. They can score. They've been a lot better on defense than I think any of us thought. Uh, They're very active, uh, even though they don't have a lot of size. You got Alex Caruso providing the energy off the bench. So that was a tough loss last night. But uh, this is a fun team to watch again, which has been rare in Chicago in recent seasons. So I'm pretty happy.
1: Um, So, uh, you know, after a week and a half, which is – a decent sample, not a crazy sample. Have you seen anything that uh, has made you feel like you have to make any major amendments to your preseason predictions, whether it be MVP, um, you know, what teams are going to make the playoffs, what teams are contending for a title? Um, uh, I'll kick it to you again, Mike.
2: I, I don't think so. I think the one thing that really maybe you have to think of a little bit is the, we talked about the Trailblazers having very little depth. Man, if Lillard is not on, they are in big trouble. I mean, he's been cold from behind the arc start season, and it's really show. They've had some games where they've just been completely out of it. Uh, they're, they're I mean, luckily they have the the play in tournament, which helps just about everybody get in. Um, but it, I think it's going to be a rough. If if he or McCollum gets hurt at any point, you know, they they could go in the toilet pretty quick.
3: How about you, I. I... Well, I do, I do like what we've seen from since, um, you know, out there in Portland, but Lillard, if Lillard had this stretch in middle of December, middle of February, it wouldn't even be noticeable. No, no one even, it it won't be talked about at all. So I'm not worried about Lillard. I think he'll bounce back. Um, But in general, no, after, you know, nine, 10 days of, of the regular season. Nothing I, – I don't need to make any major amendments to, to my season predictions at this point. I, I mean, the only one – actually, the only one that I would change is probably Rookie of the Year, where I felt pretty confident in Cade um, going into the season. But obviously, his ankle injury, we haven't even seen him play yet. He didn't play in the preseason. Um, I still think he's going to have a, a chance and, and be one of the top contenders. But, you know, seeing how how well guys like Giddy. Mobley have played that it just it just it's not it's not just the the Cade Cunningham and Jalen and, and Jalen Green show like there's other guys who are going to be true contenders for rookie of the year yeah I think so Nick and
1: I touched on that a little bit last podcast Um
3: Green's struggling right now I mean maybe he'll
1: get it together his volume of shots is still uh really high but he's only averaging 14 points on 15 shots right now which is pretty bad there's still Still a lot of room for Cade Cunningham to, to come and, and win rookie of the year. Um, if you like him, I think his odds are roughly four to one right now. So if you still think he can just jump in, play really well for a Pistons team that really needs him. Um I yeah. think it's a
3: good bet. They they do really need him in their <laughs> offense. I it's it's been a decade plus um that it's been at least a decade plus since I've seen an offense that is that miserable to watch. Um, and we talked about it last year, you know, with a guy like Jeremy Grant, um, being your go-to player on offense, it's not a pretty thing. And this year has just been, you know, more of that. So Cade's going to get plenty of looks. He's going to have the ball in his hands a lot for that team.
1: I looked this up yesterday, but you brought it up again, how bad their offense looks per cleaning the glass, which gets rid of garbage time. Detroit is scoring 73 points per 100 possessions in the half court. Um, For reference, the second worst team is Miami, which is 10 full points better than that. Uh, Best team in the league, somehow Portland, uh, 103 points per 100 possessions in the half court. But, I mean, really, like, truly historically bad stuff um, for the Pistons. I was trying to look up last season's numbers, but it's not loading, so we'll just jump to a message from WinBet. If there's one thing we appreciate here at RotoWire, it's making good decisions, and even more so, making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you for, with RotoWire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want to break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states: Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. While rapidly expanding, at WinBet the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to thousand dollars on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's Fantasy Podcast. So quickly, we're jumping into the fan feedback section. Uh, Ken was so kind to grab a YouTube comment for us. Um, Today's question comes from superfan Ramesh on YouTube, who asks, Can't resist a good-natured dig at Shannon. He was touting Killian Hayes as a sleeper. Can he now officially admit on air? That no fantasy manager should touch Killian Hayes for the next twenty three hundred and fifty six years. Shannon, do you have a formal response?
3: Uh, I totally disagree. I mean, one, if you're in a <laughs> league, if you're in a league that's deep, it's not. It's I mean, it's not a joke. If you're in a league that's deep enough, Killian Hayes will still have value. Um, I own him in a few leagues but I have him on my bench. I I'm not starting him right now because he's not playing well, but you know, he he's, he's starting to play more minutes. He's starting to actually produce a little bit. The last two games have been encouraging 27 minutes and then 32, 32 on, on uh last night, you know, he's in, in those two games, he's averaging 10 and a half points, uh, f- three rebounds, three and a half assists, one and a half steals and one block. You know, it, it's, It's not great. He's also three for seven from downtown during that stretch. But it's not great. But he he was a raw player who needed time to develop. He's only 20 years old. No, no, I'm not giving up on him. Not at all. Uh, I I do. I will. Yes, if you're in a 10-team or 12-team league, you probably don't need your your rosters probably aren't deep enough to warrant owning Killian Hayes. But by no means am I going to write him off as saying he's not going to succeed in the NBA. I will say that he, if you're in keeper league, he just,
1: he like just turned 20 years old. So, um, there are certain guys where if you can hang on to him, I don't know how the contract structure works in anyone's keeper league anymore. It's all different, but he's still a good keeper. In my opinion, this season, not so sure. Uh, Shannon, do you know how many free throws Killian Hayes has taken in his career?
3: I know, I know that he's taken two this season. Um, and he's made both of those uh, last year. I'm not sure, but he, you know, he still, he shot 83% or 82 and a half percent from the line last season. And it, you have to realize like, this is a dude who didn't have the time to develop last year, you know, based on, uh, on the pandemic and everything that was going on, didn't have the kind of off season. injury. Yeah. And then he had an injury and he, after he had like four or five tough games where you could tell he struggled. He wasn't ready at the beginning of the season. And then he got hurt and missed the next 60 games. When he came back, he showed promise last at the end of last season. And the last two games, he's shown that same kind of promise. So writing him off is foolish. But again, it's got to be a deep enough league. Does, does he warrant a roster spot on a 10 or 12-teamer? No. Should you keep him on your watch, watch list? Yeah, because by the end of the season, he could be averaging – 12 points, four or five rebounds, five, six assists and and decent defensive stats. And as long as his percentages don't tank his value, there there's something usable there in fantasy.
1: His passing was a standout trait last year. Uh, final 10 games, averaged 6.8 assists. So that's encouraging. Uh, we will continue to monitor Killian Hayes, uh, every week from here on out, uh, until the end of his career. Uh, So the, let's see, we have message from our...
3: (laughs) It's so stupid. It's stupid. If you watched one of the first two Pistons games, you would think that Killian Hayes is like the worst NBA player to ever exist. But if you watched the most two recent two games, you'd be like, oh, okay, I see some stuff to like with this kid. That's, whatever. I I
2: I think Ken and Ramesh got together, and Ken knew he wasn't going to be on the show today. And he prompted Ramesh to ask this question. Because we all know Ken is an agitator, so I, I think there's some backhanded dealings going on here.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I also just realized this is the Central Division version of the RotoWire Fantasy Basketball Podcast <laughs> Pistons and Bulls, uh, probably the only podcast on Earth with that kind of a Central Division um, tilt. We have a message from our friends at Yahoo. The new NBA season is underway, and Yahoo is excited to kick off daily fantasy basketball. There will be a ton of big prize contests throughout the season on Yahoo, including their multi-entry contest now being shark-free. To celebrate the beginning of basketball season and Yahoo Daily Fantasy becoming shark-free, Yahoo is giving all users the opportunity to claim a free $10 site credit. Users can take advantage of this free $10 site credit offer to join one of Yahoo's biggest contests. In addition to the free credit, Yahoo will have a Friday main contest as well as single game contests live all season long. Play a single game contest of your choice throughout the week, and then join our Friday main contest to compete for our largest cash prize. Play Daily Fantasy Basketball on Yahoo this season. Visit sports.yahoo.com slash daily fantasy slash welcome to get started. Let's jump into our waiver wire segment. Um, So with this section, if you are unfamiliar we do players that are available in at least 50% of leagues, and then we do more long-shot players that are available uh, in less than 25% of leagues. Mike, I will kick it to you first since I think it's been 10 minutes since I've asked you a question. <laughs> I was just so riveted
2: by the Killian Hayes discussion. <laughs> I, was, I was fine just sitting back and listening. Um, I'm going to go with Jalen Brunson. He's available in 68% of Yahoo! Leagues. The Mavericks need someone to help take some of the scoring pressure off of Luka Doncic. Brunson scored at least 17 points in two of four games. He's averaging just under six assists. Even though he's coming off the bench, he still averaged 27 minutes a game. Porzingis has hurt again. We know he's been pretty injury prone, so there could be a lot of nights when he's out, which will also help Brunson. So available in 68% of Yahoo leagues, I think now is to take a chance on Brunson.
1: Brunson had a nice game last night. Um, just kept coming up kind of in our RotoWire daily projections. It's like, you should play this guy. You should play this guy. And of course, I was like, "It's Jalen Brunson." Like, no one is—you know—Doncic is still around. Like, what it really played thirty minutes, posted nineteen points, five assists. Um, and like you mentioned, he's been playing well all year. Um, one of the better backup point guards the NBA. Someone that's viable. Uh, someone in a four-game week you can like definitely put in your lineup. I think in a twelve-teamer. Uh, Shannon, who is someone that you are targeting on the waiver wire?
3: I, I'm pretty sure we talked about this guy last week, but I, I think it warrants mentioning mentioning again. Desmond Bain, um, you know, he's he's been starting since, since the beginning of the year for the Grizzlies, and and he's been nothing but fantastic. Uh, he's averaging 19.2 points, 4.6 rebounds, 2.4 assists, 1.2 steals, and he's hitting 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 three pointers as well. 3.4 uh, threes per game right now, and 8.2 attempts. Um, He's locked in to the starting lineup for the Grizzlies. I, I don't think it matters when when Dylan Brooks gets back. Um Bain is starting over Kyle Anderson and Kyle Anderson's healthy right now. Uh he's gonna continue to start. He he looks like a great fit at the three for them. Um, you know, he's got he's got enough size to stick at the three, six five, two fifteen. He's a strong kid. Um I I'm just more and more impressed every time. Every time he plays, last night he had nineteen and six with, with five three pointers. Um, he's only owned in sixty four percent of Yahoo leagues, twenty nine percent of ESPN. It should be a lot higher for both formats. Um, so go pick up Desmond Bain if he's available in your leagues.
1: Yeah, yeah,
3: I completely echo that. He's
1: been he's been amazing. Like it's uh, one of the better second year kind of, I mean, he went from like a role player to like a legitimate starter. Um, very, very significant leap for him. Someone I'm not worried about, even when Dylan Brooks comes back. I think there are other guys who are getting minutes on, on the Grizzlies that, you know, we'll see their workload reduced. I don't think it's Bane. I think that would be, that would be crazy. Um, you know, it, it more likely be Sire Williams who's seeing 18 minutes a game. Um, I could definitely see him kind of being reduced. Kyle Anderson, I don't know how much they really continue to want to play him, um, you know, Concha or Tyus Jones, etc. cetera. Um, player that I'm going to highlight that's available in 50% of leagues is Lonnie Walker. Uh, he's 37% rostered in Yahoo and 11% on ESPN. He's currently ranked 85th per game. You should not expect him to do much besides score. That's kind of been the story of his career. But he's averaging 15, three and three for the rebuilding Spurs. The minutes are a bit of a concern. He's at about 26, but I mean, he's, I think he's going to remain viable probably all season for four game weeks at least. And right now he's viable on, on three game weeks. Uh, someone that I think should not be on a waiver wire wiring a 12 team league. Um, especially while we don't know the extent of the McDermott injury, I think he's going to be out for the next two games at this point, uh, but he could miss more time. We'll see what happens. But um, someone that's just young guy playing well, uh, ranked 85th. Mike, uh, who is your long shot suggestion of the week? Shannon mentioned
2: him earlier, Anthony Simons of the Blazers. Uh, He's currently available in 90% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, We've discussed this several times, uh, even when I was on the last time, that the Blazers have very little depth, especially at guard. Uh, Simons has averaged a career-high 23 minutes a game. Last season, in only 17 minutes a game, he averaged just under two three-pointers. So it shouldn't really be a surprise that uh, he's averaging 2.8 with his added playing time this season. So if you need threes, he's not going to be great in other categories, but if you need threes, uh, the Blazers play four games in both of the next two weeks. Uh, So Simons would be someone I would target.
3: Yeah. And I don't want to hear anyone complain about me calling him Simmons earlier. That will happen a hundred times before (laughs) my death. It's 50, 50. I always get it wrong, but (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Simons
1: uh kind of been the the apple of Blazers fans eye for a while. Same with the the organization in general just kind of promoting him. I don't know, very bizarre since I had Damian Lillard there. They're like this guy's our next point guard. It's like Lillard's going to be good for six more years. <laughs> um yeah, pretty high usage guy when he's on the court. Uh mostly a scorer. Uh not exactly a pure point guard. Kind of putting up like Lonnie Walker type numbers right now. Um uh, but yeah, their bench is thin. He'll keep playing. Um, Shannon, who is next on your list?
3: Yeah, I'm. I'm going to go with Terrence Mann. Uh, you know, backup guard, backup, backup wing for the Clippers. Uh, he's owned in 31% of Yahoo leagues, 13% of ESPN. Um, he, he's been solid so far this season. I, I think people expected a. So, some people early in the draft season, at least, expected a big jump from him um, because of Kawhi Leonard's injury, but but Eric Bledsoe's locked in the starting lineup. Reggie Jackson's locked in the starting lineup. Nick Batum's back now. He's playing. But I think Mann still holds val- value and should be owned in more leagues than, than he currently is, especially 14-teamers. Um, he's playing 29 minutes per. He's averaging eight and a half, 6, 3.5 assists, 1.5 steals um and one three-pointer per game if you're in leagues where you know the top 150 160 players are owned I think man's worth rostering
1: yeah the the Clippers rotation is kind of bizarre because they're not really pl- they don't play Zubach that much they throw up a lot a ton of wings and forwards um yeah man's usage I think isn't as high as people are expecting but you mentioned Bledsoe. Talk about a uh, a fall off from a from a great first game. Um, since that since that first game outburst, he's averaging eight points uh, on on eight point seven shots. So we'll see what happens with Bledsoe. Um, the volume has volume has cratered, and he's only made two threes this season. So um, I, I uh, have no idea what's going to happen. Are, are you saying Eric Bledsoe is disappointing? No, never. You know, people were ready for the renaissance um, after the bad Pelican season. I tried to tell them, uh, but we'll see. Uh, My long shot of the week, Grayson Allen, who I don't know if I mentioned last week either. uh, Cheating a little bit because he's 26% roster on Yahoo. Only 7% on ESPN. Certainly, he's getting a bump from Drew Holiday and others missing time early in the season for the Bucs. But he is a legitimate starter for Milwaukee. Um, for the time being, DiVincenzo, when he comes back, things get a little complicated. But right now, Grayson Allen averaging 14, 4, and 2 with a steal, hitting 2.8 threes in 29 minutes. If you need threes, uh, he's a guy to target, and he'll definitely get you some assists, some rebounds, and steals here and there as well. I can at least just say from watching the Bucks that they, they're completely confident in Allen doing what he needs to do with the ball. Like they're not encouraging him not to dribble, like he'll play make for them. He's very much a part of the offense. I don't think that will go away, even when DiVincenzo comes back. Uh, Mike, in um, in Ken Kreit's fashion, you have a dull suggestion.
2: Yeah, Alex Caruso of, the, of my Bulls. He's available in fifty six percent of Yahoo leagues. Uh, he has ignited their second unit. He finds himself on the floor a lot at the end of games. Uh, they put Pat, they shift Demar Rosen down to power forward. Uh, and they play a three guard rotation. Also, Pat Williams sprained his left wrist yesterday, so that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, He's not a high-volume scorer, but if you need steals, he's got 15 of them across five games, almost like a T.J. McConnell uh, steals performance off the bench last year for the Pacers. Uh, Levine's dealing with that thumb injury as well. He's trying to play through it. There's clearly a path for Caruso to have a big role here. If you need scoring, he's not your guy. If you need defensive stats, then is the guy that can help you with steals.
3: What about, what about when Kobe White returns? Do you think uh, we'll still see Caruso getting 25, 26 minutes per?
2: Uh, boy, I tell you, I think, I think he does. I, I think this front office has shown that they will quickly move on from the previous regime's players. I don't think they're very excited about Kobe White. Caruso has provided so much energy. I mean, he the, the, the defense that he provides is crucial, especially late in games. He did a great job on Kemba Walker at the end of yesterday's game. I think he's going to play a lot. I do. Even if Kobe white comes back.
1: Yeah. White's someone that I've kind of been interested in as like a dynasty guy for a while. I do have him. I thought maybe in our, one of our keeper leagues, but um, it's tough to say. I mean, I think there would be plenty of teams that would be interested in, in taking a gamble on Kobe white um, for talking real basketball. I'm sure they'd send something decent back if they were a rebuilding team. Um, so yeah, I guess hard to say. I mean, they're giving, you know, they're giving 16 minutes a game to Javante Green. They're giving 13 minutes a game to Troy Brown. Maybe they try to go pretty small. I mean, the Bulls are already a little small considering their backup center situation, and um, Derozan plays a lot or will play at the four. But um, yeah, uh, I think Car- I think Caruso. It's it's. Like you mentioned, Mike, it's so hard to justify not giving Caruso the 28 roughly minutes he's been seeing because he's just been such a difference maker on the defensive end and a good passer.
2: It's um, it's wild the shortcomings that he helps make up for them on the defensive end. I mean, he it feels like he's everywhere. It's, he's done an incredible job.
1: Shannon, do you have anyone else that you want to highlight for the waiver wire? No, nah, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> that, that concludes our waiver wire segment. <laughs> then uh, should be a good week three coming up. Before we get to DFS, we have a message from Vivid Seats. Preseason basketball has wrapped up and the regular season has tipped off. Live events are making a comeback. There's no better place to be than Vivid Seats to get back in on the action. So grab your NBA tickets and cheer on your favorite team from the stands. Man, that feels great to say. Like I mentioned last podcast, I will be going to the Bucks game November 5th. Uh, It's next Friday against the Knicks, so that will be fun to see. Even better, Vivid Seats just launched a new and improved rewards program with free tickets for every fan. Earn rewards, ticket upgrades, and perks just for shopping. If you're looking for tickets to the game, your favorite artist, or that new show everyone is talking about, Vivid Seats has it all. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Bivens Seats Life Happens Live. So there's seven games today when we're looking at uh, DFS. A uh, reminder that when we cite uh, salaries, we're using FanDuel. The teams with the highest expected scores on today's slate. The Nets expected to score 116 versus the Pacers. Heat expected to score 114 against the Hornets. Lakers 114 against the Cavaliers. Although They have plenty of players, who uh, namely LeBron who is questionable uh, main injuries. All of these players are questionable. Jokic, LeBron, Levert, Porzingis, Rozier, and Norman Powell. So if you are putting together your lineup early in the morning or in the mid afternoon, it'll probably look completely different by the time uh, the games actually roll around, but uh, we are still going to highlight some players that we'd like either regardless or uh on a situational basis. I'm going to kick things off very quickly. Uh, Portland Yusuf Nurkic uh, against the Clippers. I think that hey, listen, Nurkic is always up and down. He had one bad game this season, but made up for it right now, averaging 13 and 11 with one and a half assists and 1.3 steals. Um, the, the Clippers don't really play center. They, I mean, they play Zubac 20 minutes a game and then they go small. Maybe they'll play Sungers more uh, against Nurkic, but they're not very good Sungers. It's Hartenstein. um, He's probably better than people think, but still not great. Um, I think he could have a monster game. His salary isn't, it's it's not amazing in terms of like value. You know, it's Mm 7,200, a little higher than I think I'd I'd like to pay. However, I think they'll scare people off of him completely. Uh, So someone that I'm targeting there. Uh, Mike, you have a. Uh, in, in again, in Ken Kreitz fashion, you have a Ken Kreitz favorite on your list. Cockroach,
2: TJ McConnell, 5,700, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, he's out hamstring injury. So I think McConnell plays 30 minutes in this game. He played at least 30 minutes in 16 games last season over those 16 games. He averaged 13.8 points, 4.4 rebounds, 9.1 assists and 2.5 steals. The cockroach lives on.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah. I we will say I, I went to set my FanDuel lineup last night. I, I went to set my FanDuel lineup last night and TJ McConnell was going to be the first person I, I plugged in there. But when I saw the $5,700 price tag, I, I was like, eh, it, it was a little bit more than I expected. I was hoping he'd be in the 47, 48 thousand $4,800 range and, and I did not go... With McConnell. That could change before my final lineup, but it, you know, Brogdon's absence did make me immediately plug in some bonus as one of my expensive players for the night.
1: Yeah. I'll have to, yeah. I'll, I'll have to look into more, uh, how the Pacers are playing this season with Brogdon off the court, because I mean, first of all, uh, when I saw it, Brogdon's out with a hamstring injury. I'm like, yeah, it's a scheduled tweet every year. Um, they play him 40 <laughs> minutes a game. This is what happens. Um, but they, they, their rotation has been so tight. Again, that Brogdon's 40 minutes a game. I don't even know what their offense looks like without them on the court. So I'll have to dig into that a little bit more and try to figure out who to highlight. But like you guys mentioned, I think it's, it is mostly McConnell. It is mostly Sabonis. People are still going to play Duarte. Um, Lavert is questionable. I mean, Lavert could come back and play 15, 20 minutes. So that kind of throws a wrench into things as well. Like we haven't projected for 20 minutes because that's just what we have to do. Um, so kind of tough to say there. As far as the higher price guys, obviously Jokic is questionable against Dallas. So it's kind of hard to, to make a real uh, take on that. Although Dallas, I will mention, is a terrible rebounding team. If he does play, he could have a monster game on the glass. Um, is there anybody, I mean... Paul George against Portland's kind of interesting, you know, I mean, maybe, I mean, how many times in your life are you going to see Harden at 9,800? One of these days, he's going to have a a great game. So if you keep building your lineup around Harden, uh, it might, yeah, for tournaments, it might, you know, it might kill you for a bit. But one of those games, if he pops off and the rest of your lineup is right, you're going to be in for a huge, huge score. Um, someone I would consider against Indiana with, I mean, they're going to be down Malcolm Brogdon. They're going to be playing a lot of bench guys. So I would at least consider him. Um, Mike, is there anybody else that you are targeting?
2: Yeah. I also like Nikhil Alexander Walker. He's 6,000. Uh, he's averaging 32 minutes. He's got a 24% usage rate, which has helped him average just under 16 points a game. Uh, the added playing time and increased usage rate is really key for him because he's definitely not an efficient shooter. Um, but what I like about most for him for tonight, he's got a great matchup against the Kings. They had the worst defensive rating in the league last year, and they're not much better this season. Um, I wish he was you know, maybe four or $500 cheaper on the salary side there, but I still think based on the matchup and uh, and the Zion still
1: being out, I like Alexander Walker. Yeah, 6000 $6, is a fair price for him. Um, by the way, I looked up the Pacers stats with Malcolm Brockton off the court. This season, biggest bump is Jeremy Lamb. Don't know how much he's going to play. That's not minutes. That's just pure uh, fantasy points. He averages um, 17 more fantasy points per 36 minutes with Brogdon off the court. Um, Again, don't know how the minutes are going to shake out with him. He's only been playing like 14 to 20, low 20s minutes. Um, McConnell does see a bump of about nine fantasy points per 36. So if he if he plays thirty six minutes, we have him uh, projected based off of this for thirty, basically uh, thirty four fantasy points. Um, Shannon, is there anybody else you are targeting or catches your eye, or you just want to discuss?
3: Yeah, you know, you mentioned Harden as as another expensive option. I I actually some of the some of the more expensive players. I'm avoid. I'm still avoiding those five figure uh, guys. For most of my lineup, Sabonis bonus is the highest uh, I'm going for tonight with 93, but two guys I'm having a hard time avoiding are uh, Valanchunas and LaMelo Ball. Valanchunas is on a hell of a run right now. He's got 54, 59, and 43 fantasy points in his past three outings. He's playing 35 plus minutes in each of those games. I, I mean... He, I, we talked about it before the season started. I, I felt that he was going to play a career-high minutes this year. That's only increased with Zion now on the shelf. I, I think I think Valanciunas is just going to have a big year. Um, he's only 8,200 despite the, those three gigantic games in a row. Um, go, going against Sacramento, Mike already mentioned, they're horrible on defense. I expect another big night from him. And then LaMelo you know LaMelo is 7900. I I have I have a feeling if he didn't if he wasn't coming off his most disappointing game of the season, he would have got bumped up and, and would have been more expensive tonight. But 7900 for a guy who has 50 60 point upside um is, is just a, a great target for GPPs. Um I'm going to go so go you can go LaMelo and, and JV for the cost of like <laughs> you know, the cost of of Harden and Will Barton. Um, and and you have two players with 50 60 point upside instead of just one
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast
4: you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on the old man. And the three make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to the old man and the three ad free on Wondery plus or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at that, um, that kind of price range you're talking about. And it's just like, it's filled with guys. Um, I mean, you mentioned, I mean, LaMelo being inexpensive going up against Miami, but I mean, you have, uh, you know, again, you have Hargan at 9,800. You also have, um, I mean, you have Lillard at 8,400, like never in your life will you have assumed you see Lillard at 8,400, um, you know, yeah, you mentioned LaMelo. I mean, you have OG and Anobi at, at 7,000 or 7,200. Like, you can get Michael Porter for 68 at this point. Like, there is definitely this is the point in the season where there are a lot of guys on bad stretches where their price is deflated by like at least $1,000. And if you just start again tossing a bunch of those guys into your lineups, um, eventually they're going to hit. And if they all, if you got a combination that all hits on the same day, pretty good chance you win a significant amount of money. So I would say explore with that kind of group, that grouping of uh, of guys. Um, I did mention someone on Mike's list, so I'll, I'll let you kind of take the flooring on PJ, Mike.
2: Yeah, I'll go quickly. I, the big thing is if Jokic is out, I think Porter Jr. at 6,800 is really a potential bargain. He's only shooting 34.6% from the field. He shot just over 54% last season. So obviously his struggles aren't going to continue over the long haul. If Jokic is out, I mean, I don't see why he couldn't attempt somewhere around 20 shots in this game and provide some added help on the rebounding side. So that could end up being a bargain there.
3: Yeah, Jokic being out is really an interesting interesting thought process there because yeah, normally you'll have, like with Brogdon, you have TJ McConnell. He's going to step into the starting lineup. But with Jokic being out, I don't think it's as straightforward. I I don't think you just say, okay, Jemichael Green is an obvious play tonight. I don't think that's the case. Or Jeff Green or Bol, Bol whoever ends up starting in place of Jokic. I actually am just looking towards the other four starters. Morris, he'll get more assists if, if Jokic isn't, isn't playing. Will Barton will have the ball in his hands more. He'll score more. He'll assist more. He'll rebound more. Michael Porter kind of by default becomes their primary scoring threat, um, and he's going to bust out of his shooting slump any day now. Uh, and then Aaron Gordon, who kind of just takes a, a more of a background role when everyone's healthy. Yeah, I would expect him, you know, he's coming off a pretty decent game. He had 20.7 rebounds, assists, a steal, a block um, in 34 minutes against the Jazz. I expect him to put forth a, a similar effort or, or a bigger effort because I believe Jokic sat out the second half of that game um, or a good stretch of the second half. So it's going to, yeah, Jokic played, oh, let's see, 15 minutes against the Jazz. So, yeah, he didn't. he didn't play much in the second half, if at all. Um, so Gordon's another guy where he's going to pick it up and, and be more of what we saw when he was prime with the magic.
1: Looking at these on off court numbers for Jokic, the, the main guy that's sticking out kind of across the board, Will Barton, yes. um, with Jokic off the court, he's played about 30 minutes. Uh, he's averaging 11 more shot attempts per 36, uh, with Jokic off the court, just firing up shots. Averaging 1.1 fantasy points per minute with Jokic off the court. Um, I do like Gordon. I watched the condensed version of that Utah uh versus Denver game. And he was just like he was just taking he was just like posting guys up and shooting step back or kind of like Dirk-esque <laughs> turnaround jumpers, which is a little bizarre to see, but uh he was still going for it. Um, and yeah, I think Michael Porter as well. So I think, yeah, if Jokic is out, Porter and uh Barton would be two guys I would not really hesitate to to throw into my lineup and again. If you're in that 6000 range, that's basically the average price of a player um, on FanDuel, so you're not really hampering yourself from doing much else. Um, I think I think that pretty much wraps it up for me. Uh, again, we never want to dive like extremely deep into this because of the injury situation, but uh, is there anybody else, either Shannon or, or Mike, that you want to mention, or are you cool with uh, wrapping this thing up? I'm good. You good, Shannon?
3: Yeah, let's do it.
1: All right. Um, so Mike, you have the old man rant this week.
2: Ah, This is more of a public service announcement than a rant, but with Halloween coming up on Sunday, let's go over the kinds of treats that you should not be handing out this year. The first one is candy corn, which should go without saying. No parent (laughs) even wants to eat these chewy plastic like disasters, let alone children. Stay away from apples, raisins, or anything healthy. This is Halloween, a time for kids to get all hopped up on candy. Don't use it as an excuse to try and push some healthy living lifestyle on five-year-olds, most of which probably already operate on a diet that's 50% hot dogs and pizza. Tootsie Rolls are a joke. Nobody eats those anymore. The same goes for Necco wafers. I'm not going door to door with my grandmother. Children won't eat these chocolate quote-unquote treats. In summary, don't overthink it. Reese's, Hershey bars, Snickers, M&M's. These are what you should be handing out. Also, I'll add that Halloween is the only day that us old men are okay with the neighborhood kids walking on our lawns.
4: Mm.
1: Mike, what's your favorite candy? Reese's, 100%. Ooh,
3: How Shannon? about you? Ree- Reese, Reese's peanut butter cups or Reese's? Peanut, uh...
2: peanut butter cups.
3: Okay, that's a good choice. Those are my number two. Number one is uh, strawberry starburst whoa i'll eat i'll get just the starburst packs and eat the hell out of them that's great just the strawberry packs yeah just strawberry
1: uh i love a good snickers or a heath bar uh even though a heath bar is an old man candy i think that's one of my old man uh qualities um (laughs) you've been hanging around ken too much yeah i've been hanging around ken too much uh i'm eating toffee now um Thank you, everybody, for joining us on the, I guess, the Halloween edition of the RotoWire <laughs> Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It is presented by Winbet Shannon with a quote for us. Take us
3: out of here. Yeah, yeah. I've got a quote from uh, Charles Shackelford, played for NC State in the mid to late 80s, six seasons in the, in the NBA, uh, mostly as a bench player. Uh, this is my, probably my favorite uh, basketball quote of all time. I could shoot with my left hand.